Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Druids Grove. Today, in this episode, we are going to be talking about the element of fire, um, which is associated with the direction of south on a compass and the animal of a stag or a deer. So with fire, there is a lot of symbolism associated with this element, this direction, this animal, you know, as with the other elements. So stretching back, if we look back historically into ancient times, even 20,000 to 30,000 years ago and, and, and older in some instances, people were painting uh, fire and deer uh, on cave walls. So this really demonstrates the significance of this animal and the element of fire to their culture, and today is no different. All cultures around the world uh, utilize the element of fire, and the deer or the stag has symbolism in a lot of different cultures, and also um, not symbol- just symbolically, but also uh, in the physical form of fire and the stag or the deer. So fire is associated with the south in the northern hemisphere, and then it is associated with the north in the southern hemisphere. So if you're typically uh, the Druids in the northern and southern hemisphere, the um, the ele- the directions and animal and element of north and south are flipped. They are backwards just based on because they are closer to the pole, north or south pole, if they're in the northern or southern hemisphere. So, again, if we look at that, um, in the northern hemisphere, uh, the direction north is associated with winter, and so the sun, generally, most of the time, is either over us in the north or more south. The sun typically does not go too far to the north in the northern hemisphere. And the sun in the south, and the direction of the south and fire, would represent kind of life and uh, you know, in winter, the sun and the south would rep- and the deer would represent life returning uh, in the depths of winter. And, you know, the sun was the source of life and the deer and the animals were the source of life. And in the winter, uh, everything, we lost the sun, we lost the, the animals, they migrated. So these are very significant representations. And, you know, with the return of the fire and the sun, it meant return of crops and plants and animals in the spring and being animals being born and, and the return of life to the the environment. So if we look at the element of fire, as we talked about before, fire is present in everything on the planet and in the universe in one way or another. You know, from the Big Bang of the universe, whether you're not you subscribe to that theory, um, you can just look at, you know, the, the coalescing of planets. You know, you can just think of that if you want to all the way down to the mitochondria in our bodies. Um, you know, then we can look to the sun. We can look at a fire, a simple fire that cooks our food. You know, and, and in today's world, whether that's an actual fire or, you know, the heat uh, generated by uh, microwave radiation or any other form of fire that cooks our food. And fire is also present at the center of our planet and the center of our being both physically and symbolically. 
From the physical perspective, the, the earliest known representation, I'm sorry, presentation of fire was the Big Bang. And we talked about, you know, whether or not you subscribe to that, but I'm just going to talk about it for a second. So all the matter in the universe was condensed into a tiny point of space, which for whatever reason, if you, you know, if you believe a God or whatever set this off, um, there's a variety of explanations from where, you know, this came from, from different mythologies and religions, but it exploded and started expanding and the universe was born in fire. And if you're someone that's into physics or astronomy, you know, no doubt you have read or heard about these varying theories of how the universe began, you know, uh, whether or not it's slowing down or speeding up its expansion uh, and so on. But that's, you know, that's kind of a different topic if you want to look that up and read read into that. But for our purpose, we'll just acknowledge that the universe began at some point, and over time, matter has continued to coalesce to form giant balls of fire, which cool down over time. They form various sizes and masses of energy and matter, one of which is our Earth that we live on. So when we look at the Earth, fire is at the center of our Earth, and without it, you know, we would not exist, like just like the other elements. Fire allows for the kind of eternal and constant, um, you know, albeit extremely slow, turnover of our planet through um, tectonic plates and earthquakes and volcanoes and, you know, other geological activities. This represents fire. And we can think of volcanoes, you know, like when we think about a, a volcano explosion, you know, that's the inner fire of the earth, kind of the the congealed and molten rock inside of our planet, and it gets pushed up through a tube all the way to the Earth's crust, and it erupts, and then it cools, forming new land masses. So on a day-to-day basis, functionally, we use fire every day in many forms, and the obvious one that we think about is cooking, you know, whether it's over a campfire, a gas stove, you know, or and it has a visible flame, or... Um, you know, a microwave or a stove or an oven, you know, these are all different forms of fire and heat. So our ancestors would have cooked over an open fire, of course, and the, you know, with the ability to create fire and to cook food, it led to a huge increase in the population. And the reason for this is by cooking food, this allowed for the breakdown of uh, previously difficult to digest or even like indigestible material to um, allow for extraction and to get many more nutrients out of out of the food after it was cooked. You know, um, if you think about fibrous plants or um, maybe the uh, fibrous animal tissue, um, it, it allowed by cooking food, it allowed for um, us to be able to easily digest proteins and fats to develop stronger bodies and to make our brains bigger and and I mean, your brain is mostly fat. So by cooking, cooking this food and breaking it down, we have more access to that and our body can, can, can build itself better. It also would have killed uh, more bacteria. Um, you know, a lot of bacteria is deadly. Um, we do have a lot of really good bacteria in our bodies, but you know, at that time, ancestrally, they didn't understand the concept of bacteria, but cooking food would have killed a lot of bacteria that would have likely, um, made people sick or killed them, so that allowed for expansion of the population. Fire also allows for warmth. Um, In the past, it would keep people from freezing in the cold. 
and uh, communities would come together in these big, large shelters with large central fires inside, and, you know, and then by building uh, tents or domes or igloos or whatever, it would allow uh, allow them to heat large spaces, and this would allow for increased socialization and development of culture in small societies, um, you know, leading to the concepts of sharing and empathy and sharing space. Um, you know, and then with fire, you've got uh, the ster- sterilization of tools and and building and making and forging tools. Uh, fire allowed for the initiation of um, kind of transmutation of different materials into new ones. So if we look at like blacksmithing, for example, or cooking, um, you know, like with blacksmithing and, and, you know, the Bronze Age from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age and just continuously progressing, um, you know, melting various metals and substances together and then letting them cool and then shaping them into a tool or a weapon. So we can see uh, fire played a huge role in the advancement of civilization, and this was no different in the time of the Druids. So if we look at um, kind of mythology, the goddess Brigid is associated with fire. And I've briefly talked about Brigid. Um, she is, she actually also is now, there's a St. Bridget's Day, um, and it's it's an actual um, national holiday, I think in Ireland, and, but she came from uh, the ancient, she was an ancient goddess, and she was kind of ad- adapted into Christianity and called a saint because she was, she represents the fire of creation through blacksmithing, poetry, healing, and creative expression. So we can see that culturally, um, when the Christians came along and uh, started converting the pagans over to Christianity, they adopted their gods and goddesses in in some of them and made them saints based on whether they wanted to adopt their uh, characteristics culturally. So, so she was seen as being a healer, and there was a, I think there was an actually a monastery named after her, and there was um, and I'll do episodes about this later, but it's just I I, I love Bridget, so I'm just going to talk about it for a second. Um, like I said, because she is um, considered the goddess of fire, one of the goddesses of fire in Celtic mythology. Uh, but there was a uh, Bridget's fire that was kept burning for, um, I think it was like hundreds of years in Ireland. And uh, it was in the 90s or 2000s. I was listening to a podcast about it. And the um, the church came along and told them they had to put it out. It was inside a church. and they But they kept it because it was like an inspiration um, and representation of the, you know, the Celtic goddess of Bridget, um, and they told them they had to put the fire out. But some people came along and restarted the fire, and then they have been protecting it, and it's been going ever since. So another um, god, or I guess you'd call him a god, is Kernunos, or um, some people see it as the horned god, or you know, the green man, or or any variation of this nature-based. Um, forest god uh, he's associated with fire but it's mostly due to the fire of kind of uh, creation um, the the first of life returning to the forest you know the first re- the fire of life kind of returning to the forest in spring um, you know the animals they, they're getting the fire in their loins and they're starting to procreate and and it's, it's all about fire regenerating life and bringing life back to the forest in the spring and the summer and in ceremony or you know daily practice on people's altars, many druids uh, use a candle to represent fire. 
and when they want to focus and connect with, uh, you know, their druid practice, they will light a candle to kind of signify, um, signify the important, uh, the importance of that moment. So, you know, if you're in a quiet space and you can just think about your druidry and connect to it, that's one thing. But if you, if you take a moment, you sit down and you light a fire and you have something representing the other elements with you, that the idea of fire is about acknowledging that you have fire inside of you and you have purpose and you are alive and, and you're working with fire. So psychologically and philosophically, it kind of does, fire does the same thing inside of us. Um, the element of fire is seen as the element of transformation, um, kind of purpose-driven activity. And, you know, without the fire of ambition, our those first ancestral hunters and gatherers, uh, they would have starved. They would not have had the, the, the internal fire and motivation to continue to do what they were doing to perpetuate life. And without the fire of desire to do better and have better lives and to make new tools and to carry on with life day to day, that, you know, that's what our ancestors had to do for us to be here, and we wouldn't be here without them. And also without the fire of passion and the desire for sex and creation, uh, we would not be here. And that's, fire is very important in perpetuating the, uh, the human experience and humanity as a whole. So this is where uh, the stag or the deer comes in and is associated with fire. You know, theoretically, any mammal could be represented um, in fire, but the stag has been one of the most common mammals across the planet but, uh, because that was it was very vital to sustenance and advancement of civilization. So, um, you know, all across the world, there are various species of deer on most of the continents, and it was probably the most commonly hunted animal, and they were large and provided, you know, large amounts of meat. Of course, this is after you know, um, mammoths and all that, you know, the, the extinction period. But even today, a lot of, a lot of, uh, cultures still depend on deer. And so in ancient Celtic times, you know, the Druids, um, would have worked with them. Um, and even, you know, thousands of years before that culturally, uh, the development of civilization, deer bones and deer antlers, they would be used for tools. You know, they would use their meat for food their hides for clothing and for shelter and you know there there are so many cultures that depend on the deer and the fire of the deer so many cultures in kind of the northern latitudes of the northern hemisphere like if you just consider you know really far north um, they they are considered the cultures cultures of the deer so if you look at um, like both in North America and in Europe in really far northern countries, uh, there are a lot of tribes and tribal groups and even nomadic people, um, historically and today, they, they travel and they cover these large spaces of land to follow the deer herds. They, they follow the deer. They, and some, there's a couple, couple of good books that I've read recently, and one of them is called People of the Deer. And the whole story is about, um, uh, like, really far northern Canadian people in like the 30s and 40s and 50s and this author went out there and spent time with them and tracked stayed with them and followed them as they they tracked the migration of the deer herds and this is how they 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 lived and survived and symbolically deer are very similar to people and you know and kind of our our societal um, concepts they stick together 
they travel together, they raise their young, uh, they are competitive, but they can be respectful. There is a hierarchy among, you know, the deer in the herd. Much like, much like humans as well, um, if the deer overpopulate an area, they can overconsume resources, and then this can lead to disease and destruction amongst the herd. And even in ancient times, ancient civilizations uh, understood the premise of protecting the herd, of not um, over-harvesting the deer. Um, they focused on, when they were going to harvest animals, they would focus on taking the older males and allowing the females to continue to live to allow for further propagation of the herd and to help maintain balance. So when we look at the deer or the stag, it's no wonder that so many cultures did all those paintings on the cave walls thousands and thousands of years ago. So the deer or the stag represents the life force in all of us to keep going, to procreate, to battle for resources, to propagate life, you know, to work together, to protect each other. They really embody the element of fire. So from a human perspective, if we look at fire, um, it can it can also be seen in a positive or it can be expressed in a positive or a negative way in personality traits. Um, someone can be too fire, fiery if they are full of anger and rage or if they're rude or they get upset easily or if they're aggressive or too goal-driven. You know, if, if someone's not in balance with the other elements or if they're just a full-on fiery personality, they will eventually burn out. So that's that's an interesting analogy. So they, people that get overly worked up and fiery, they will eventually just burn out and crash and crash and burn. And again, not to associate the astrological sign specifically with the negative um, personality concepts, but the the astrological signs of fire are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And again, I don't I don't um, read astrology very much. I do find it very interesting. It's just not something that I focus on. But if you're interested in it, there's a ton of information out there, and it is it is really cool when you get in depth about it. So when we look at uh, mythological creatures, uh, or or the fae, or different different types of um, mythological creatures, I guess, um, that are associated with fire. We think of like dragons or salamanders or the phoenix, um, you know, or earth dwelling creatures that live really deep in the earth and not just in caves or, you know, or on close to the surface. They, they are like live deep in the earth. Um, these, these animals or these mythological creatures, they're often, uh, seen as temperamental and they are associated with destruction and, and death and rebirth. So if we look at the phoenix, for example, that can be used as a positive, kind of a positive context or representation of, of death and rebirth due to, the, due to fire. And so that represents kind of the process of fire causing breakdown and change and metaphor, metamorphosis through um, purpose and motivation and goal-directed goal behavior. So fire can be destructive, but then the destruction can lead to positive outcomes. So we talked about forest fires um, in the other episode on elements. So we may see a forest fire as this horrible thing, but this is the cycle of the earth. So forest fires create a new and very fertile ground for the growth of new trees and new plants to, to sprout from the wreckage and the destruction. 
So this can also be seen metaphorically in us too. So it really, it's, it's only through the fire of ambition and change and motivation that we can manifest and complete our goals. If we did not have fire and utilize fire for passion and ambition and purpose, we would be stagnant like a rock, like a cooled rock. So we have this molten lava that's just ready to go, and it's, it has, it's, it's, movement. it's about movement and purpose, and it's going somewhere. But once that rock stops that process and loses that energy, or that, that, that molten lava and fire loses that energy, it just becomes a stagnant, cold rock, and it just stays in one place, and it doesn't do anything. Um, it, there's no movement to it. So if we look at fire, if we get out of balance with our fire traits, you know, if we get too angry, we get too much rage or aggressiveness like we talked about early, earlier, we do get change, but the outcome... And the, and the type of change that happens is usually negative change. So if we're, if we're just full of fire all the time, sure, we can initiate change, but the outcome is, is usually negative because we're not in balance with the other elements. So this, this kind of brings into context the purpose of being balanced and the proper use of all the elements and accessing them when we need to to stay in balance. And, you know, we must harness the energy of fire, and we, but we have to direct it with consciousness towards our goals and be aware of it and to be grateful for its purpose in us. When the fire inside of us dies, when the fire inside of us goes out, you know, however symbolically or metaphorically you want to see that, whether it's, you know, um, the, the spirit of life or even just the motivation to get out of bed in the morning, when that fire goes out and dies, so do we. So again, we see how important fire is in us, and we can look at the context of it in Druidry, and in our Druidic practice, we can work on being connected with it every day, and we can be grateful for it, and thankful for it, and appreciate it. So again, this is just an introductory uh, talk about fire. You can find so much information out there, and I hope you do if you're interested, and I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening. Fire, planet shaper, life giver, providing purpose, drive, motivation, energetic transformation, heat for warmth, for change, for renewal. We are alive because of you. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me A Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.